Hello, my name is uh, Ken Chikinski. I'm a consultant psychiatrist. And I'm delighted to, to welcome Michael. I'm going to interview Michael about his journey to recovery from a very serious alcohol problem. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Ken. So how did your journey start? It started um, quite a long time ago. Uh, initially, I would have said uh, in the first year of recovery that uh, my problems only went back maybe a year or two. But the longer I'm in recovery, the further back my problems, I realise, went. If not the actual drinking, at least the thinking behind it. Um, for a long time, uh, I was aware that I had a problem with alcohol. But alcohol was not causing me a problem. In other words, the consequences weren't there. Sometimes the, the term functioning alcoholic is used in those situations. Was that what you considered yourself to be? Yes, I would agree for many years that I was exactly as you described there. And what sort of contact did you have with um, health services during that time? Very little uh, until about the last uh, year to 18 months. And there were frequent trips to A&E uh, departments as a result of minor injuries, falls, uh, mishaps. Um, but the longest uh, trip was uh, to A&E was because I had a, an alcohol withdrawal fit, although I didn't realise it at the time and neither did um, the people in the hospital. It wasn't until uh, towards the end of my stay, about a week there, that they actually realised that I'd had an alcohol withdrawal fit because I'd stopped drinking very abruptly. So at that point then it was realised that you had a serious alcohol problem. What sort of help did you get at that point? At that point I didn't ask for any help. Um, help was offered to me by uh, various members of my family and I agreed that on my behalf they should pursue that, which they did. And... Uh, I would have said at that time I was pretty incapable of making any form of logical decision. Although in brief moments I really desperately wanted to stop drinking, I didn't know how to do it. So I had to rely on other people, um, as I said, members of my family, to do it for me. It's often said that people have to be motivated to get treatment for their addiction problems. It sounds like, as you say, you were fairly incapable, therefore your motivation was at best fluctuating. Um, do you think that um, anybody was able to help you in that situation? Only members of my family. There were brief intervals, moments of sanity during long periods of blackout in the last six months, I would have said, where I desperately wanted help. And once help was organised on my behalf, um, I was actually desperate for it. And was that a specialist addiction treatment centre of some sort? That was an alcohol detox unit within a psychiatric hospital. And how did it feel going to a psychiatric hospital? Because often people with alcohol uh, or drug problems don't like to go to a psychiatric, psychiatric hospital. They say, I haven't got a mental health problem. Um, at that time, I just didn't care. I just wanted to stop drinking, but I didn't know how. Um, whether it was a psychiatric hospital, treatment centre or, or whatever, I, I would have gone along with anything. 
in order to separate me from alcohol and give me a chance of recovery. So the main thing is you had the right treatment. So how did that treatment go and what was the follow-up? The treatment uh, went extremely well to start with. It was almost like... uh, Rebirth is too strong a word, but after several days of detoxification, um, I woke up and it was like coming out into the sunshine, like almost a spring day after a long winter, after emerging from a long, dark tunnel. And at that time, I felt that I desperately wanted recovery How I was going to achieve that remained to be seen. I wasn't convinced at that time, one way or another, how my recovery was going to... But I had a strong determination at that time. Well, it's clearly very important to have that determination. Nevertheless, it's often said that it's it's relatively easy to stop drinking. It's staying stopped. That's the difficulty. Tell us about how you found ways of staying off drinking. Um... From the psychiatric hospital, I then moved on to uh, a small treatment centre and it was relatively easy to stay stopped at that time because I was physically separated from alcohol. Um, The point you made there about staying stopped is, is the key to it. Um, a lot of people, and myself included, could always stop for brief periods of time, but we could not, I could not stay stopped. Um, it concerned me towards the end of the stay in the treatment centre um, how I was going to stay stopped. Uh, and, what, and what advice was given to you about that? Um, very little. Um, I wasn't pointed in, in any particular direction. Uh, I agreed to take up their offer of uh, repeat visits to the treatment centre as a follow-up, participating in in group sessions. Uh, But apart from that, uh, very little. It was left to the individual to decide how they were going to pursue their recovery once they'd left the treatment centre. At that point, had anybody mentioned Alcoholics Anonymous to you? No, not within the treatment centre. Um, the treatment centre itself was unrelated to anything like, unlike a lot of treatment centres. Uh, it was left to an ex-member of that uh, treatment centre to introduce me one evening. He took me along to an AA meeting. And what were your thoughts going along to that meeting? I thought at the time I would give it a go. Like anything else, I was desperate for recovery and um, I was interested to see what was on offer. Because some of the questions that people ask about going to AA is, well, first of all, why, is it, why are the meetings often held in church halls? Is it a cult of some sort? Um, good point. Yes, they are frequently held in church halls. Um, I would say the primary reason for that is the ready availability uh, and accessibility of a church hall and even more so is because once a week or whatever it is uh, relatively cheap rent. And um, AA isn't going to try to convert you into a Christian or something like that? AA is not allied to any sect, denomination, religion or whatever. Um, it, it pursues one, one aim, and that is um, to, to stop drinking and to stay stopped and to help other alcoholics achieve sobriety. 
it might seem an obvious question now, but why is it anonymous? I think uh, anonymity is, is a cornerstone of uh, AA in as much as uh, many, many uh, people that attend AA or are members of AA um, still hold down uh, pretty good jobs and uh, I think the stigma of uh, alcoholism still exists today no matter how um, far we move socially I still think alcoholism carries a stigma and therefore the anonymity offers that sort of protection uh, to, to people who want to attend the meeting and, and want to share their problems openly with a peer group. One of the problems about being anonymous is that it's, it's, so, it's almost invisible so that people that might benefit from AA don't know about it. Do you have any thoughts about that? Um, I think anonymity is, uh, is a cornerstone. But whilst anonymity is a cornerstone, I, I don't think um, AA should be invisible. Um, the profile of AA is low. Um, my own personal opinion is that it could do with uh, raising. Um, one of the founding sort of principles of AA is that it, it should be based on attraction rather than promotion, and I fully agree with that. But the profile of AA, um, and there is, I think, some feeling that the profile of AA should be raised. Thank you, Michael. I'm going to push you a bit on, on what A consists of, though, because there's this thing called the Big Book. It sounds very much like a, a religious tome of some sort. Can you say a bit about what it is? Yes, um, it is a book primarily which was written, actually, by a doctor back in the 1930s in the United States. Dr. Bob? Correct. And uh, a friend of his, and they jointly co-authored this book, and it outlines a framework for recovery and it addresses uh, various issues because um, alcoholics have lost the power to control their drinking. They need to replace that by a power uh, greater than themselves. And from that point of view, people do think it's allied to uh, a religion, where, whereas it's not, in fact. Um, the book outlines just a framework for recovery and a collection of personal experiences. So it's a, it's a helpful, supportive book of uh, stories, uh, guidance uh, and suggestions, which is very, it sounds very important. In terms of maintaining recovery, uh, could you tell me, how has AA helped you to maintain your recovery? AA has helped me re uh, maintain my recovery by regular attendance at meetings um, to keep me from, at this stage of recovery, from uh, any form of complacency. It keeps me in contact with my peer group, whether they have been sober for one day, one month, or 20 years. Uh, okay. And in terms of going along to that first AA meeting, if anybody out there is thinking about that, either for themselves or for friends or family or even one of their patients, uh, does somebody have to be dry, detoxed, in order to go along to AA? Certainly not. Many people that uh, start off in AA are actually still drinking uh, and gradually tail off from drinking. The only requirement for membership 
of AA is a desire to stop drinking. You mentioned that um, you had several visits to accident and emergency departments and also when you were in uh, the treatment centre, AA wasn't mentioned to you. Nowadays, uh, across the U- UK, m- many accident and emergency departments have staff to help people in, in that sort of situation, to offer advice, and often that advice will include um, the suggestion of going to an AA meeting. Similarly, most treatment centres, NHS or otherwise, will advise you know, people to consider AA as one of the treatment options. Uh, do you feel that's a, a positive step in terms of linking AA to other forms of treatment? I fully agree with that. Unfortunately, um, when uh, uh, my experience was that it was not mentioned, uh, it was not even encouraged or, or the word even spoken. Um, I think it's very important at that early stage, either in A&E where people are being assessed um, or subsequently in a treatment centre, that at least the concept of AA and the introduction to AA is mentioned. Whether people take that up subsequently is entirely up to them. But um, there are meetings that are actually held in hospitals uh, and most A&E departments and hospitals have uh, AA meetings literally on their doorstep. Well, that's, that's very important that people know those things are available. You mentioned also that your family offered you some support and helped with arranging treatment. Uh, For families and friends of people with drink problems, is there any support available through the AA movement? Yes, there is. uh, The counterpart of AA, which is called Al-Anon, that was actually formed by the wife of uh, Dr. Bob, as you mentioned there, that, that founded AA. And that exists for help and support and peer group support for um, friends and family uh, of people that have a drinking problem. And does does the person have to have a relative already going to AA to attend Al-Anon? Certainly not. It can exist completely independently. Uh, If a person has a family member that has a drinking problem, then they can find peer support at an Al-Anon meeting. So it sounds like there is an awful lot of support available out there for people. Just want to, for you to summarise, in terms of your journey to recovery, where are you now? I would say I am um, medium term. Um, the early days, uh, let's say the first year, uh, whilst I thought I was a very well person at that time, uh, Hindsight, which is a wonderful thing. Um, I don't think I was. I, I think I was in the process of having my brain unscrambled, if you like. And uh, it, it does take a while from, from many years of uh, drinking to uh, get to a position of reasonable recovery and then getting on with the rest of your life. Michael, thank you very much for talking to us about your journey to recovery. It's been both informative and inspiring to hear about it. Thank you, Ken. If you want to find out more about Alcoholics Anonymous, ring the National Helpline on 0845 769 755 or look it up as alcoholics-anonymous.org.uk.